0: Amen. Amen. Reckless, the reckless love of God. Aren't you thankful that there was a time in your life when you needed a wrecking ball to get your eyes off of other things and onto the Lord, and He was that. He was that. He was that. He was that. There's a word today. There was a word today, and here it is. You're not going down, you're going through. You're not going down, you're not going down, you're not going down, you're going through. Don't know where you may be this morning, don't know what may be coming after you, coming at you, but as a child of God, as a blood-bought, wanted, desired chosen child of God you're not going down you're going through the lord has ways and we've seen this from time to time though maybe not as often as we've seen his power to get us through something he has the ability to just snatch us up right out of something just just cause there to be a, an immediate change in the circumstances around us and whatever the, the problem, the pressure would be. He can do that. He can do that. But it just seems like maybe it's more my experience than yours, but it just seems like more often than not, he shows his power by taking us through something. The nights are still long, the waves are still high, the wind can still be howling, the opponents can still be amassed. The impossibility is still there, but it doesn't take us out because He's taking us through. I want to encourage you along those lines this morning. There is a connection for the people of God between weakness and power. There was a connection for the people of God between trouble and triumph. Between trouble and triumph. You can't ever be an overcomer unless you've first been an undergoer. It's the way of God. It's the way of God. He doesn't leave us forever in those settings and in those circumstances. But I want us to spend a little time this morning on this subject related to that, it's it's this, that that he he has a purpose, he has a plan, maybe a whole series of purposes and plans. He's not the cause of your trouble. He's not the one who is engineering things just to give us tough times. But the good news is, the awesome truth is, that he's bigger than the cause of the trouble. He's bigger than the circumstance. And he has the power to do things, to use the things that are coming at us, to accomplish some powerful, wonderful, warm, fresh, living things in us. We're not going down, we're going through. And it's not by accident, it's on purpose. And he's using some things in our lives that may not be easy to take at the time but he's using them to accomplish some things. I want you to find your way and your copy of the Bible to the book of Matthew, first first book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5. And these words of Jesus, as he begins what came to be known as the famous Sermon on the Mount, it's the longest section of scripture that directly quotes Jesus. Anywhere in your Bible, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But I want you to notice how he begins this sermon, as it is called. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Would you say that back with me? Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want to suggest to you that that's not talking about heaven alone. It's not just talking about when we die and we get there. The kingdom of heaven is those who belongs to those who are poor in spirit. I believe Jesus was meaning that it can happen right now. It is to happen right now the rule and reign of God in the hearts of people, the kingdom of heaven at hand is conveyed to those, is granted to those who are poor in spirit. So blessed, blessed are you this morning if you're poor in spirit. Now there are some different words that Jesus could have used for poor there. It wasn't just, we didn't have just one choice. And this is this is an amazing word choice for Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It is a word that means not only poor, not only having, not having anything or much of anything, but it means helpless. Helpless. There's another word that that um, is close to the word Jesus chose, but it's not the same. And this other word would mean poor in the sense of not having much, but still able to earn a living, still able to success, subsist by the work of your hands. The word that Jesus used was. Blessed are the ones who can't even work with their hands. Blessed are the ones who are helpless, who are penniless. It's a word that that meant, it's not just that you didn't have much, you didn't have anything. And on the one hand, there's a group of the poor that, that would be able to make a living with the work of their hands. But this this particular kind of poor person only makes it by begging. So helpless, so weak, that the only way they were able to survive is by begging. That's the word Jesus picks. Blessed are the ones so helpless in their spirits that they can't make it. They can't make it unless God gives them everything. Not just one thing or two things, but everything. Blessed, Jesus said, Resting upon this kind of person is the blessing of God. Now, now, the word for blessed there is also an interesting word. It carries with, the, with it the idea of favor and approval. Blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit. But it also has the meaning of worthy. Worthy, not unworthy. <laughs> are the ones who are poor in spirit, but worthy are they. It it also means to be well-spoken of. Well-spoken of in the sight of God are the ones who are helpless in spirit. Now, you know, folks... Somewhere along the line, American so-called Christianity has just messed up the meaning of this. Because we've only come, or we've, we've been led to believe that the ones most blessed in the church, in the kingdom, are the ones who have the most observable stuff, position, rank, influence. But material things. The exact opposite is true. It may be, it may be, yes, the Lord favored Job, the Lord favored David, the Lord favored Abraham, and they were blessed materially. It isn't to say that God cannot bless him that way. But listen to what Jesus said not blessed, worthy ones to be recognized and honored as having the favor of God upon them are the ones who have all of this accumulated stuff, invisible stuff. But he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. The invisible part of them, the invisible part of you that relates to the Lord, that cries out to the Lord, that seeks the Lord. He says that there is favor of God, one spoken of as worthy in the sight of the Lord, when within that spirit of that person, there is a sense of helplessness, there is a sense of emptiness, there is a sense of not being able to do anything within my own self, within my spirit, on my own. That the only thing now, some of you are thinking, that doesn't sound real good. It sounds great. It's awesome. It's more truth than we can handle this morning, I'm telling you. When you're realizing that God is not saying, fill yourself up, puff yourself up, stuff yourself with scripture, clothe yourself with church attendance, make all the bows and scrapes that would seem to indicate religious protocol. I'm not looking for that what I'm looking for and who I'm looking for to set my blessing on are ones who know apart from me they can do nothing. But the ones who live in that way, the ones who accept that place, the ones who embrace that truth about who I am in my spirit are the ones to whom I'm going to give, bequeath, grant, cause to flow into the measure of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Whoa, whoa. You know, the good news about that, it comes from so many directions. But the, great, the greatest of all the good news is our self-effort, our attempts to make things happen in the spirit within us. Our, 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 our energy to try to make bad stuff get out of our hearts, make, make, make good stuff come into our hearts. It's as if the Lord is saying, that's not who I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the Energizer Bunny in you. I'm not. I'm looking for somebody who will say to me from the depth of who they are, Lord, I can't do this. I can't live right. I can't forgive people. I can't love you the way that I ought to. I am powerless apart from you giving me the ability. I'm helpless. I'm penniless. I am poverty-stricken. 2 Chronicles 16, 9 But the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole inhabited earth in order that he may may show himself strong in behalf of the one whose heart, whose spirit is completely his. If my spirit is stuffed with more of me, Then there is less of me for the Lord to possess with his spirit. But when I come to the place through various circumstances in our lives, and so often it will be through the the physical, material, medical, emotional circumstances that we find ourselves in, and we realize I have no power to fix this, I have no power. To know what to do next. I have no ability on my own. I am penniless. I'm a pauper. Instead of backing away from that, this verse ought to say, run to that place. And if God, by his goodness and allowing the circumstances of our lives to bring us to that place, we ought to recognize it as a place of blessing. It's a place of blessing when you've been brought to the place of knowing you have no power on your own, in your own spirit, to do anything. We get ourselves all revved up. We read verses of Scripture. We go to a service. We hear the song sung. We hear a preacher get wound up. And we come away thinking, I can do it. 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 And it lasts until about 2.30 that afternoon. And we keep fooling ourselves. or We keep looking in the wrong direction. The Lord never said this is a life you can live. It is Christ, the anointed one, the one endued with power to strengthen and to rescue and to keep on rescuing. It is Christ. It is Christ. It is Christ. It is Christ in me. That is my hope of glory. I have no hope but here You see, some, some folks are just, we're still so stuffed with our own pride, that words like that seem to be offensive. Well, that that would never work for me. That would never work for me. I I could never do that. That's why even at the place of realizing, Lord, there's still so much stuff in me, about me, that crowding you out of the perspective that you want me to have for my life toward you, that, Lord, I've got to ask you to do that work of putting to death in me. The places where I still think I can, where I still think I can do this, where I still think all I need is just a little instruction manual called the Bible, and I got enough stuff to live it. No, you don't. Satan does not fear. Satan does not back off from anybody who just roars in and starts talking tough and, and spewing this, that, and the other so-called truth in his direction. He just laughs at that. Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? A demon said to a group trying to just use the words. But where there is someone, and I believe it's many of you who are listening today, because you know what it is for circumstances to, as we say, go south on you. It may be people. It may be medical issues. It could be any number of things. But something, something has surrounded you. Something, something has gotten to you. And you realize you can't fix it. You, you, you are penniless. You are helpless to change it. Instead, folks of seeing that as awful, bad, terrible. When we realize that God is desiring to find in us a helpless heart, a helpless heart that that would, would not stay stuck at that place, I'm helpless, I'm helpless, I'm helpless, but it would be the recognition of that that would cause us to turn our hearts more completely straight to him looking into His wonderful face, and the things of this earth will go strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. There are ones who would listen to the teaching of Jesus, whom He would say, some of you are going to get it, And some of you won't get it. The ones who get it are the ones who recognize within themselves and embrace within themselves the reality. God, unless you help me, I am helpless. Now, I want to say something to folks who have been in church since the nursery, you know. You you, you were were maybe brought to church, and, and, and Bible and songs of the church are all you've ever known. Somewhere along the line, our knowledge, our knowledge has puffed us up. We can get to thinking that because we have all of this background and have all of this knowledge that we are not desperately in need of him. And as a result, here's what happens. You end up hearing more stories about what God is doing in other people's lives than you experience in your own life. It's a second-hand kind of Christianity. But the Lord loves us enough to allow things to come along the line that, folks, even though we quote all the Scripture, nothing changes here even though we get around all the Christian friends that we've known forever, and there's no power to break the sadness in our hearts, we're there. God, in his mercy and in his love for you, is saying, I am more than a stack of verses of Scripture. I am more than a steeple on a building. I'm more than a group of people who call me Mother." It's not that those things are wrong. It's just that the fundamental principle of where the blessing of God is going to be found in a heart is not going to change, even if we've grown up in the church. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I remember feeling, I've heard it said, well, those drug addicts, those folks that have trashed and wasted their lives on this that and the other you know they need a real rescue but hey I grew up as a preacher's kid I I I, I grew up in the church that's my story that they really need rescuing but you know I, I I hadn't been there done that so I don't necessarily really need that much of the grace and mercy of God that 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 lived until the Lord allowed me he didn't cause it I did it to myself to fall off into a season where there was, there was rebellion as a young man coming up, a rebellion against the things of the Lord, an emptiness related to the things so-called of the church. I went through the motions because I didn't have any choice not, but not to be there. My daddy was the preacher. Only to realize as the days went by, the months went by, I am powerless even though you poke me and John 3.16 comes out. You poke me on another side, and amazing grace, and how firm a foundation, and blessed assurance. Sing all the verses. But powerless, 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 powerless to change what was consistently causing me to stray from the heart of my Lord. And it is in those kinds of seasons, folks, folks. That we can begin to experience things that we hadn't known before. And it's the mercy of God at work. It's the grace and kindness of God at work. Allowing the circumstances to accomplish one thing in our hearts. And that is poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. As we go on with the Lord, we move through some of those seasons. Changes come. He doesn't leave us there forever. We learned a great lesson back then, thank God. But then somehow, way, as time goes on, we have the attitude, well, that was then, and this is now, and that was just a tough season, and, and, and I don't ever need to have to deal with anything like that. I just want to forget it. I just want to forget it. And I believe the minute we start having those attitudes, the heart of our Lord, would say, but wait a minute, you missed it. I didn't go to all that trouble. My love and affection for you was not wasted because it was intended to allow you to realize that a consistent place throughout all the days of your life, regardless of the circumstances, is that you wake up every morning and you live throughout every day realizing, Jesus, my only hope is you. What is the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of God? Synonymous with also the phrase, the kingdom of God. What is that? What is that to be for us here? Is that just about heaven? No, it's about here. You can't have a kingdom without a what? A king. You can't have a kingdom without a king. When Jesus taught for 40 days in Acts chapter 1, it's reported there on one subject, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign Of God in the hearts of people. He said after teaching for 40 days, after giving the information regarding the kingdom, he said, but you're to wait until you receive the Holy Spirit coming in power. And after that, you'll be able to be my witnesses. After that, you'll be able to act forth Consistent with my kingdom prerogatives, privileges. But it's that the kingdom of God in the heart of a person means the presence of the king is making himself known in that heart. Felt, measurable in that heart. The presence of the king, the king Jesus known in the heart and his power. His power. Here are the ones Jesus in effect is saying who will know my presence clearly and who will be used in my power, filled with my power. It's the ones who are poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So Here's here's where we are with that. As you look back across the landscape of your life, where were the seasons? When were the times when you felt His presence the closest? Where was the place? When was the season when you sensed working within your heart and out through you, the power of God, not your own power and influence and personality. And I believe that as you examine that, revisit that, you will see very clearly it was at a time when you were using the words of Jesus, poor in spirit, that you knew you knew you couldn't change. You knew you couldn't change them. You knew you couldn't get up enough energy and heart to go again. But somehow, some way, you cried out to the Lord, and the Lord visited you with a fresh sense of His presence and a fresh sense of His power, ability that is, was beyond your own ability. Folks, if you've known that, If you've walked that, if you've lived there, what God did then to accomplish in your heart. Yes, the circumstances have changed, thank God. It's not as heavy. It's not as dark. The circumstances are not as pressurized maybe now as they were then. But he never intended for you and I to think that now that we're out of that, we go back to our old way of operating which is I can handle that. Just give me the instructions. I can do it on my own, on my initiative, in my drive. You know, folks, in all this business about we need to resist the devil and we'll free from you, the devil knows who is taking the word of the Lord seriously and who is not. I just believe he has some... And he'll test. He'll, He'll test those who challenge his authority. But the ones who are standing in the authority of Jesus because they know they have no authority on their own. And they rise up to resist in behalf of their family, protection for the family, a husband praying for his family, a wife praying for, for her family, children, praying for your company, praying for friends. When you realize, I don't have any authority on my own. I have no power, no strength that the forces of darkness should recognize it all, but I'm telling you, I'm coming today not in my own strength, but I'm coming today as you speak to darkness in the name of the one who saved me, rescued me, bought me with his blood, and who fills this empty heart with himself. So I speak his word to you. I speak with his conviction to you. It's not of me. So, this matter of being poor in spirit is not at all about living your life hunched over, stooped down, timid, shy, hesitant. That's where we stay if we get consumed with this matter of on my own, I can do nothing, on my own, I'm incapable. But that's only part A. That's only one side of the coin. Part B is, if you're empty, he'll fill what's empty. If you know you don't have any power, he'll put his power in you. He's not into mixtures. He's into the pure substance. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole inhabited earth. That he may show himself strong in behalf of the one whose heart is completely his. That could be said of Abraham, a wealthy man. That could be said of David, a wealthy king. That could be said of the Apostle Paul, who would say, I've learned how to live in luxury, and I've learned how to live with nothing. It wasn't so much about the material circumstance as much as it is with the condition of your heart. It is a false view of God's heart. That he would expect you on your own or me on my own to be something, turn into something, do things that he knows we have no power in and of ourselves to do. So, so this, this place, in, in, in when Jesus speaks, it starts out. This is how he begins the teaching on the kingdom. Here are the ones who get the kingdom. The ones who know just how weak you are. And that you're never going to be on your own any different than that. No matter how much scripture and church and theological training and moral acts you do. At the depth of who I am. I am poor. And I am poor. I mean, again, it's, it's the poorest of the poor. It's the word that Jesus used to describe beggars that the people would know who heard him teach. These were words that that beggars as lepers or beggars at the temple, begging alms for the poor. That's the word he used. Blessed are the ones who know they can't make a spiritual living on their own. Blessed are those who know that their only hope is that they cry out to me and I will hear and respond. Now, folks, that's where it starts. You've got to match that, though, with all the teaching about you being a child of the king, you being a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Yes, those things are true. But the way that the privileges and the prerogatives and the power that flows from the position of being a joint heir with Christ into our daily lives is that we're realizing that he's the one who made me a joint heir. I didn't earn it. He's the one who gifts me with the abilities that I would have to see and to know and to think. It's not just that I'm so spiritual. Oh, right, and I'm gonna just kind of retool that just a second. We need to be real careful who we applaud, who we elevate in terms of ones within the body of Christ. The, the ones to be well spoken of, the ones to be called worthy, are the ones who are poor in spirit. Now they may have money, they may have, but they may not. But somewhere this 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 this, this false description of what it's like to really be strong and mighty in the family of God is somehow tied to where you live and what you drive and what you dress. The opposite is the truth. Let me tell you something. When you're fixing to go through a, a jungle, you're having to cross rivers full of alligators and crocodiles and python snakes, and that's happening around you and you're stepping into something, the first person you need to find is somebody who is poor in spirit. Because the poor in spirit ones are the ones who understand what prayer is all about. If you're poor in spirit, you realize that I don't have anything. The only way I will have anything is that the Lord will bless me. The Lord will convey to me what I don't have on my own. But you trot off after somebody who's wearing plastic Christianity and and strutting around and and acting, sounding spiritual, but no power. And they may give you four steps to take, and here's what you do, and here's what you try. No change, no power. But when you are faced with a need and a difficulty, and you find somebody who is familiar with the dark place, who is no stranger to circumstances going in an opposite direction. Medical reports have come in, some good, some bad, and so forth and so forth. But that one is able to get the heart of God unlike someone else who plays church but has no power form of godliness but no power in the middle of it. I'm I know I'm I'm hollering loud about that but I believe we've been so off the ones who struggle the ones who are going through medical issues ones who are going financially but but the result of those things has been that that there is a peace in their hearts that isn't tied to anything in the natural. Whereas you find some folks that if the stock market has just a minor blip, and they're supposed to be all these Scripture-quoting, Bible-teaching, spiritual people, and they freak out because the stock market takes a dip or something happens. Blessed. The words of Jesus, the words of Jesus. He's not rewriting what he put here. Blessed. Blessed with the favor of God are the ones poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit speaks of a humility, a lowliness, a lowliness, not trotting into a setting looking down at all the other little people, but a lowliness. Now, I want to, I want to show you something, and this, this is... This is just real, real, real interesting. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. and understand that last week we had church in this house. What I heard, didn't get to listen to the message that Chaplain Carl A. Long brought until Friday evening. And Shirley and I had Friday night church at our house. I was, I was talking nearly all the way through back to the preacher. Just, just blessing that preacher. Amen. I remember one of the passages that he referenced, was 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now look at that again with me, if you would, please. Verse 9. And he, the Lord, has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace, my enablement, my, my mercy with power is sufficient. It will be enough for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for such is the kingdom of heaven. It is the presence of the king, and as Paul would say in in 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not words, but power. The kingdom of God is not a Bible study alone. The kingdom of God is not a speech or a talk on spiritual things. The kingdom of God is not words. Paul just cut to the chase. It's power. If there's no power demonstrated, if there's no power in the change of lives, if there's no power in the conveyance of truth, then we have great reason to suspect that the kingdom of God really is happening anywhere in that room meeting church house. The kingdom of God is not words. It's not talk. But it is power. Folks getting set free. Folks with broken hearts getting healed extend thy hand to heal signs and wonders in the name of the Lord Jesus. But also that as the Lord spoke to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they they testified, "Were, were not our hearts burning within us as he spoke the word to us? Power. Kingdom of God is not words, but it's power. So he says, he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for power. My power, the power of my kingdom is perfected in weakness, not perfected in strength, not perfected, not perfected in plenty necessarily, but it is brought to maturity. It is brought to full fruit. In the place of weakness, I've heard some try to mess with that word. I I I don't don't know all there is to know absolutely about the Greek language, but I do know enough to know when somebody's trying to mess with the text. And some who would incorrectly say, well. He's not talking about physical sickness. Yes, he is. Yes, that's, that's one of the places of weakness. That my power is perfected. It, 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 physical weakness, emotional weakness, material weakness, but weakness. My power is perfected. My power and a life is brought to fruition, brought to fulfillment in the context with the backdrop, with the setting being weakness. Oh, goodness. Get tired. Go back to that again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the power of the kingdom of heaven. There there will be found the presence of the king. So instead of us looking askance at ones who are dealing with struggles and problems and so forth and wondering, well, if they just did something right or they just did, they were just whatever, right, they're just not spiritual enough. I, you know, sometimes folk get to talking like that. I just like that. I can't even tell you what sometimes I think. I, 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 I want to jump back to the Old Testament. Let's just have us a, have us a whooping here. To get, but stop that. You're not helping anybody. Because the Lord in his power is able to stop sickness. He's able to bring forth healing. But when there is a delay in that, when it doesn't happen instantaneously, you can count on it. The Lord is doing something awesome in the hearts of his people having to undergo such a trial. Maybe financial, maybe emotional, whatever. But my power is perfected in weakness My All kinds of weakness. My power is perfected. So he says, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. That the power of Christ won't just visit me, but the power of Christ will live in me. How? How, Paul? as i embrace the places that convince me further prove my weakness because when the weakness of my, who i am and my life and inside of me is well pronounced then the only reason for anything good anything of strength to come out of me is that it's all jesus jesus did it not paul he would say but then he go this this next one this next one there's a stretch Therefore, I am well content, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What to Paul was better than getting well? What to Paul was better than having all of his enemies cease and desist. What was better than all of the above was for him to know the power of Christ alive in his heart, enabling him to keep on going, enabling him to keep on praising, keep on trusting, keep on loving, keep on forgiving. That the power of Christ may dwell in me but when he says therefore I am well content with these things what that saying is consistent with what Jesus said in Matthew 5 3 blessed and another word English word for that Greek word would be Satisfied, satisfied, are those who are poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Folks, it's a work that only God can do, that when all hell has broken out against you, enemies arrayed six ranks deep, surrounding you on all, however you want to frame it, but there comes to operate in your heart the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that peace of God moves in to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now you to hold on to that. Go with me to Philippians chapter four, just real quick. Philippians chapter four. Paul writing this from prison. He's not a free man. He's incarcerated for the cause of Christ. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. The Lord is at hand. Then he says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. In everything. You know who says in everything you need to pray or for everything you need to pray about is somebody who knows they don't have anything. They don't have anything. He has everything. So everything that is a need to me, the heaven is opened because I know I have no power, but I'm his child. I'm his blood-bought child and he invites me to the throne of grace. Folks, if you know you have nothing, You know you can't or not are not supposed to be able to provide anything in the Spirit for yourself or for those you love. But you realize that from that perspective, the heavens are open to you. Jesus would say, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. What if the reason for some of the hindrance in our prayers being answered is that we still are just praying for a little bit of Jesus and about 75% of us? Just, just, I can do this. I just need a little Jesus, need a little Jesus. And that's what you get, just a little Jesus. But when your situation is so impossible and, and you've known what it is to not have anything, milk in the refrigerator for your babies, gas in your car to get to work, strength to be able to face another day with opponents waiting at the door, But you have found that in that place of you being bankrupt and penniless and helpless, somehow power came out of heaven and filled you up. They didn't move you to another part of town. All of a sudden there weren't six figures in your bank account. It was the same landscape. But inside your heart, there was something that changed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What we need is far more than what this earth can provide, don't we? What we're talking about is what heaven can break through and bring. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The ability for the Lord to bring a peace. Paul says, I'm well content. It's another way of saying, I'm satisfied. Even though there's a part of me that wants out of this mess, wants a far beyond the, go back to that, go back to it folks. When were the times that you felt the Lord, the nearness, the, the, the nearest? What, was it? Was it in a hospital room? Was it? Was it waiting to go to a hospital? Was it? What was it? Where you didn't know? But, but with a work situation? Where? Where was that place? Where was that place? Where was that place where you felt and sensed his power and his presence? I believe if you look back through it, it was a place where you weren't saying, "God, here are all the things I bring to the table." Here's what I can do for you if you'll just do a little bit for me. That wasn't even the vocabulary. That was not even the conversation. It was that, God, if you don't come out of heaven and do something, there's no hope. There's no hope. And he came out of heaven, and he did something, and there was hope. Here's the point. Never are we supposed to lose that place in our hearts. Never are we supposed to mature to the place of the loss of a desperate sense of, Lord, apart from you I can do nothing. For some who, who hear only part of this, who've never tasted of the fulfillment of this, will be saying, that just sounds so negative, that sounds so hopeless for the individual. Bottom line is, it is hopeless for an individual trying to fix everything, fix people, make things stretch and last. But when you realize the Lord saved sinners, the Lord saved helpless people, the Lord's heart is to draw unto Himself those who who know they need everything from Him. Not just some, but everything. And sometimes, many times, He uses storms to accomplish that place of victory in your heart so that in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the battle, as you, as Paul would say, the heavens are open, so you spread that out before the Lord. You give it to Him. You pour out your complaint into the Lord as David would do. And as Paul said, and the peace of God with nothing changed yet, before anything breaks through, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I just encourage you, stop waiting for the peace of God to come only when stuff gets fixed. I can have peace. I can I'll be able to go on with my life. I'll be able to to look toward the future more when these things in the material or the natural get fixed. What if one of the reasons it hadn't gotten fixed yet? Is because the Lord wants you to know He's bigger than that request. I want to show you what I can do in you with it not only staying the same, but maybe even getting worse. Y'all remember me telling you that story about my fear of flying several months ago, coming back from Salt Lake City, up over the Rocky Mountains, to which Shirley has looked at me on other flights and said, oh, thou man of faith, as I'm sitting there just fighting, wanting to get up there and help the pilot, which I wouldn't help him at all, but I thought if I could just be there, he'd, he'd make this thing smooth out. But I told you, I, I, I just confess this, that i it's was just all wound up, flying back here. I'm going to be, be preaching, but I'm, I'm just, I just don't have never liked bumpy weather and fly, flying through storms and stuff. Rocky mountains can just throw all kinds of stuff at you. Well, we were flying back just a few days ago, actually, and it cranked up again. I mean, it's like that weatherman just knew, right where to send that plane, right through that line of thunderstorms. But I remembered what the Lord had done in my heart some months ago, where he reminded the preacher of what the preacher had said. Who's that talking to you? Who's that talking to you? And I just confessed the sin of agreeing with the enemy. That was months ago. And and resisted the devil, and, and, and that he would flee. And the amazing thing was that the storms just kept going, kept going. But there came this strange and unfamiliar. Peace to my heart. Even though that 737 or whatever it was just going all over the sky. Peace to my heart. I just started praising. Just, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. And I, I, I looked back at I said, Who is that? Who, who is this saying this stuff? But it was a change in my heart. This last week flying back home, same kind of thing happened. But I'm telling you, it was as if something fundamental had changed inside this heart. I didn't have to go back through all of the things of cutting, dealing with when I had agreed with the enemy against the truth of the Lord and doubted in the promise of the Lord. That had already been done. So when the things started bumping around and, and, and going sideways and almost, I thought, turned around at one point, there was just that there never was the loss of the sense of peace to this old preacher's heart. I'm not telling you about something that isn't relevant this way. I'm telling you that when we come to the place of saying, Lord, I can't do it. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I'm poor in spirit, and I own that. And you accept that about me. That's what you saved. That's what you knew you were getting. And I receive my role." To never rise above the place of someone who on my own is anything other than to be poor in spirit before you, so that there's not any part inside me, I would love to believe and think, that could not be filled with his presence, with his life, with his power. There was a song, I'm going to read it to you written a little bit ago, a few years ago. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand because the mountains are so high and the valley so wide. I'm down on my knees and I just had to say, Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Learning to lean, I'm learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Finding more power than I ever dreamed, I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Where do you learn to lean on Jesus? It's in the places where you've leaned against everything else and everything else has come apart. I can't even walk unless you take my hand. See, you're not going down if he's got you by the hand. He's not going down. And if he's got a hold to you, you're not going down either. And when he's got a hold of your hand, he's liable to take you to some places that you've never been before, never dreamed you could be, put you in some places of influence for him that nobody but heaven could have opened the door. You're not going down. You're not going down. You're going through. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Amen. So when you need somebody to pray for you, you go find you one of these poor in spirit people. You go find them. Because they understand what a daily dependence in a practical but powerful way is all about. And they understand an open heaven. Lord, I thank you for this time. I bless you for the word from your word today. I pray, Lord, that you will take your word straight into the hearts of ones who desperately needed this word of encouragement today. That the lies of the enemy would be defeated. That you're in this place because you've messed up, stayed messed up, you're not worthy. Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts to get it and to receive it individually, to embrace it. Lord, where you're working to bring me to a place of being and knowing that I am poor in spirit. I'm believing that you're doing that because you then want to release in me a further understanding of what the rule and reign of Jesus in my heart, the presence of Jesus and the power of Jesus at work in my life would be. Thank you, Lord. None of us are self-made men and women in the kingdom. The opposite, the opposite The opposite is the truth. Blessed are the poor and helpless who make a living by begging and not by the work of their hands. Who not only don't have much in the Spirit, but have nothing We agree with your words about us, Lord, that you said in John 15, apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. But you abide in me and I abide in you and much fruit will come through your life. Thank you for the promise, Lord. Thank you. Pray for your peace to settle in upon your people now. The peace that passes all understanding. And that in your timing and in your way, you're going to break off every shackle, break off every place of opposition and sickness, Lord. We pray for you to extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place in the name of your servant, Jesus, to ones listening today and who will hear this word. But grant that we will get it, that that which can be even better than getting well be the sense of knowing like we have known it a few other times in our lives the nearness of your presence and your power at work keeping us going and keeping us encouraged and putting praise in our hearts the healing will come, the healing will come the rescue will come but oh Lord that we'd know the joy of your presence today that praise would just rise up from our hearts Makes no sense to praise but we but we do it because it's there and it's true our love for you flows in Jesus name in Jesus name amen 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 <laughs> let's stand together if we could please and uh, I want to invite our prayer partners to join us here at the front as we pray for you, and pray with you. There were some folks specifically prayed for, for physical sicknesses last week. We, we do that every week. That's not just a one-time thing. We, we, we pray for wherever there's a need as the Lord leads. So if there's more of that that you need, then you let us pray with you. If you've never opened your heart up to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, that's where it all starts. You, you see that he's not looking for somebody who's got all this religion and got all this Bible at work already in a heart. He, he's just looking for a heart that's empty. Say, Jesus, fill me. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior. Simple prayer, just that simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior today. Come into my heart. You pray that. You, you, you speak that back to the Lord. And you see what will happen. He hears that prayer. He'll honor that prayer. Pastor Walker at AlamosCity.org prayer request. Let us hear from you. Our intercessors are busy at work in that work of faith, believing with you for God to do what his heart is for your situation. Let us know. Let us know how to pray. Okay? So come this way if we can pray with you. See somebody around you that you just feel like you need to speak a word of encouragement to, maybe hug their neck, just honor the, if we've got masks on, we'll honor, honor that. But if you, if you need to speak something, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know, maybe you just need to walk out of here saying, that's the truth. What that man said up there <laughs> for all that time is true in my life. It's true. It's true in my weakness. He's shown his strength. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We'll see you next time. Amen.